the Saturday Friends Club. Hello everyone and welcome to the Saturday Friends Club, your place for having fun. You can't have fun Whoa. without the Saturday Josh, Friends Josh, Club. Calm down. Put, put the knife down. <laughs> I'm just telling Josh you. Josh is going to take all of your fun. It's fun time beginning to end here at the Saturday Friends Club. You love it. You love it. You love it. Everyone here loves the time spent at the Saturday Friends Club. He's, he's using his dad on vacation voice. <laughs> <laughs> I skipped a birthday party to be here. Yeah, there you go. See That's how much fun it is. People people have to de- destroy obligations to other people's <laughs> to fulfill for this obligation. The Saturday Friends Club. That's 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 what we do here. That's what we do. We destroy families. Yes, destroy with fun. Uh, hopes yeah. and dreams. And I am Josh. That is Mags. Hello. There's Eric. Oh, going backwards this time. Yeah. Hello. Do I a different order. Caught by surprise. Yeah. And then there's Sabrina. Hello. And uh, yeah, we're here. We're your source of nostalgic fun, looking back at the uh, the history of stuff you enjoyed or stuff we've enjoyed. You know, just trying to catch up on everything and keep it high energy, keep it fun. Third show, you know. Not not even a little bit punch drunk. No. Or no. even regular drunk. I've had I've had my caffeino. Yeah, 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 we're we're kind of buzzing, you know, yeah, yeah. three of us at this table. <laughs> just wait till the caffeine kicks in, we're all just like, yeah, <laughs> podcasts. This movie's so good. This movie is so good. Is it? I mean, like, this movie is, uh, whatever, we'll, we'll talk about it, I guess we'll have feelings later. Well, yeah. I mean, we could go ahead and talk about it, the fact that the movie in question is... Oh, yeah, hi, uh, this is my choice this week, uh, and I chose Nightmare Before Christmas. <gasps> Tim Burton's classic. Man, remember when Tim... What is this, or what's this? Yeah. <laughs> what's this? Wow. I'm blown it. Remember, when Tim, remember when Tim Burton was good and had ideas? So, like, the interesting thing about this movie, like, Tim Burton wrote the poem, and Tim Burton produced it, but Tim Burton didn't direct it, and nor was he the driving force behind the animation. So, like, like Tim Burton was a big part of this project, but also a lot of other people who are responsible for that Tim Burton aesthetic worked on it that aren't Tim Burton. I mean, Tim Burton was, like, if you were to think of somebody just to be like, give us the top ten, like, influential people of the 90s, Tim Burton is there. Yeah, I mean, this is, like, what what, what year is this movie? Uh, so, let's see. This movie right here, The Nightmare Before Christmas, the one that I'm looking... 1993. There you yeah. go. So, like, like, so, he's getting into his groove. I mean, we're going to get Edward Scissorhands. We're going to get uh, Batman... Yeah, so the order for him was Edward Scissorhands, producer, Beetlejuice, TV series, executive producer. Wait, there was a... Hold on. Like hmm? the animated series? Yeah, I, I maybe. He was just listed inside of here, TV, TV series, executive producer for 94 episodes. I'll double check that, that one. doesn't sound like a movie. <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't. Batman Returns, producer, Family Dog... I don't know that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then the Nightmare Before Christmas. Yay. Uh, yeah, we're gonna look at this. Yes, Beetlejuice being the great, cartoon. the amazing cartoon. Mm, so we're, good. We're saying like, and one of the voice actors, uh, the guy who does uh, the mayor in Nightmare Before Christmas, is uh, uh, was in Beetlejuice. It's huh. Otho. All right, and mm. here you go. Family Dog, The Twisted Adventures of Binsford's Family Dog, a spinoff from an Amazing Stories episode. Huh. <laughs> sure, all right. You know, from Tim Burton. I would also like to point out, like, the director of this, uh, Henry Selleck. Uh, he's uh, a famous American stop-motion director, and he did uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, which we all know and love, uh, uh, James and the Giant Peach, Oh. Um, and then Coraline. So, like, these movies that we associate with, like, a very Tim Burton aesthetic are, like, Tim, uh, 
Tim was obviously involved in, uh, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas, but like James and the Giant Peach was not like that's. It's also a Henry Selleck thing. This is a a, a long creative partnership. That they yeah, share. it's it's kind of like Tim came in with like the kooky darkness, and you know, uh, you know, Selleck was the one that was there, just going like, "Oh, I can do some boss stop motion. Let's do right. this," and then put the two and two together, and you get a seventy minute movie. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one thing. Sometimes like, that's all you need. I mean, it, that's the thing. It is a short movie. I was surprised at how short it was, but it's also, you know, it's good for... It, it doesn't overstay its welcome, it, welcome at all. It keeps the, the pace, keeps rolling. The songs are quick. It actually almost feels like a musical, just because it's just like, next song, next, next song, song, next song. song. Right. I think it is. Con- yeah. Um, but- I forgot how much not musical plot there isn't. <laughs> I realize it I'm just like... I'm going to unpack that sentence though. <laughs> Like I, you I, hit some Kentucky back there. <laughs> Would you like to say that again? Well, I'd be surprised at how much there isn't in this. <laughs> well, but I mean not that's Kentucky fairly, at all. Like, um, like uh, as I remember it, not having watched it in a while, uh, like I thought there was more talking between the songs, and like I don't know, I love the songs in this movie. Like I'm so super okay that it's just like beautiful song, beautiful song, beautiful song, beautiful song. Okay, so let's go ahead. Give your since you brought it up, bring up your background on uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay, so I think the first time that I saw this movie was at a Halloween party in like elementary. You have the big giant fuzzy TV on the wall that's been there for like 35 years. Again, depending on, like, your education system, right? And you don't get really good picture. And, like, this was at the time, I think, before they figured out that I needed glasses. So I didn't have a very good view of this movie on this already <laughs> fuzzy screen, right? So, and so I remember but liking the songs. Yeah, and then What's This starts playing, and you're going, like, really? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, do, I don't know. Could you please answer the I'll, question in I the like song? I like the idea that this is, movie's literally a blur for you. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not literally, but it is quite blurry. This is before my vision got super, super, super bad. But, like, so it took until, like, third or fourth grade. So I saw it again like with glasses and I was like oh this is pretty cool this is kind of neat but like I don't understand why some of like my peers are now beginning to like obsess over this movie and then I moved out to California and my roommate had a like a, like nearly as long as I am tall HD and I was like it was Halloween it was Christmas and I was like huh I, like Netflix was like hey we've got this now and I was like yeah, I haven't seen that in a bit. And I watched it, and I kept having to stop the movie and be like, look what, how do, all of this detail that I missed. Like, it was there, and it was gorgeous, and it was well thought out and incredibly intentional, and like, look at it. And so that's my experience with it. <laughs> well, you know. This was like, uh, I've never seen it before, and I watched it, and it was interesting. It, but it was a movie, like, I knew this movie existed, but just I had never just watched it. And then later in life, I realized it was always that movie that goth and kind of goth, adjacent goth curious <laughs> like people. i swear to god like uh like, nightmare before christmas merchandise must make up like half of hot topics revenue yeah oh god yeah it's Did that kind of days. that kind of market whatever yeah. whatever you want to categorize that is that and ramon cds was probably like everything <laughs> they're they're really bad <laughs> uh sabrina your your experience yeah i watched it when it first came out yeah. we had it on vhs i i watched it Every once in a while, after out, that. I should point out that Josh is wearing a Nightmare Before Christmas Christmas sweater t-shirt. Yes. Well, I, I happened to pick this up because, listen, I'm the kind of person that likes to make sure that I can use stuff more than once. <laughs> I can use this twice a year. So it is a Christmas sweater, a printed t-shirt of a Christmas sweater with Jack Skellington on it. So it works for Halloween. It works yes, for Christmas. it does. So. Um, 
but yeah, no, I I have always liked Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, I think I've been guilty of watching it on Halloween and Christmas before. I've never been like super crazy about it and buy a lot of merchandise for it. Um, but I definitely have friends who love that movie to death. Yeah, no, in college there were definitely people yeah. I knew who sadly stuff for their girlfriend and stuff for them. Um, mm. I think I bought the anniversary album when it came out, and I listened to it, not all the time, but like. I will get, like, a thought, be like, oh, Halloween is coming. I should listen to the, the, the Night Before Christmas album. <laughs> and then off we go. And I'm listening to it through Christmas. I think I watched this probably in a, a total of once as a kid. Like, I remembered seeing it. I remember going, like, that was neat, but never actually having, like, a VHS of it. And it never being something of just, like, I should go back to that. It was just, like, I said... Every trip to Hot Topic was just like, oh, look, it's stuff from that movie. I guess people really like that. All right. Good for you. People. How many Jack Skellington hoodies do you need? Well, many. Many, yes. Um, so, yeah, let's go ahead and get down into it. Let's talk a little bit about The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, let's. Get you some hot Danny Elfman inside of there. God, Danny Elfman. All over the place. And he also does the singing voice of Jack Skellington. He does. Of all surprising things. Susan Sarandon's husband does the speaking voice. Hmm. I like like Susan Sarandon. So it is, uh, let me go ahead and pull the details here. Uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas 1993 listed an 8 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, Jack Skellington, King of Halloween Town, uh, discovers Christmas Town, but his attempts to bring Christmas to his own home cause confusion. I I I I want to start at the top by saying I think we were robbed in that he did not go to like St. Patrick's Day Town. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see him on like a drunken bender. <laughs> just a whole bunch of Irish stereotypes, just like just, oh my mate. Uh, it's just a, a bunch of like. Irish, a bunch of leprechauns like beating like <laughs> their way through Halloween time with the shillelaghs. Just somebody just screaming, "Goal!" Just constantly, just every Irish stereotype. I he looked, yeah. They, they they think he looked like they they, they beat him to death with clubs because he looks too English. Do, is do so they only had like a few trees surrounding there. What there was like Easter, Thanksgiving, Halloween, Christmas, Valentine's Day, Valentine's. Day. Was that the only and five? Sa- okay, Day. so they had the six. Like, what makes the cut? Were there other trees around there? Well, just like, here's Arbor Day. <laughs> Walk in, you're just in the forest again. I think they picked, he picked what were considered big holidays for kids because those were all holidays that. You get we, a lot of candy on these holidays. <laughs> yeah, these were all holidays I remember being brought up in school a lot and being, um, it made a big deal. And so even if they weren't like real holidays, St. Patrick's Day or Valentine's Day. Also, was there like a little flag, like American flag floating there? So it's just like, oh, no, these are just the American holidays. Well, I like, I mean, the cosmology of this movie is complicated. Oh, okay. (laughs) Or completely absent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those two. I mean, at like 76 minutes, there's not, there's not a lot to trim. It's pretty quick going through. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, I like I'd like to think that the forest theme gives you the idea that like all holidays possibly exist here, and like I like the idea that there are like dead trees of holidays no longer celebrated, uh, but yet still remembered by these. Oh no, actually that sounds really lonely. Just, I quit. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, let's just jump ship from you, this idea. You just notice that like Easter's built on like the corpses of like a hundred other trees. No, well, no, it's like a case of like when you see a stump and there's like a little sapling growing out of it, and you're like, life prevails. Except there's like eighty stumps and one tree uh, poking okay, out. It's like every every weird religious holiday that the church ever instituted has a tree. So like, there's a dead like Saint Swithin's Day tree out there somewhere. <laughs> All these pagan holidays in which people like had their throat slit or something. Boxing Day is just kind of like nearly toppled over. It's just populated by a bunch of British people. Also, no love for New, uh, for New Year's. No ho- Year's tree. I guess the firework holiday. The other firework <laughs> holiday. <laughs> We're Americans, damn it. Yeah, no Fourth of July. What? No patriotic tree. <laughs> Not here. <laughs> uh, let's see. So yes, um, these were a grouping of large Christian holidays. And like, there's a there's like a like Kim Il Sung's birthday like tree somewhere. <laughs> oh, God. All the North Korean holidays. Yeah, very militaristic those holidays. It's very weird. There's a tank printed on the front of that tree. Uh, let's see. So let's go ahead and go through the plot. Of course, as uh, we mentioned, uh, this is a movie about. Uh, you know, Halloween invading Christmas, more or less. Hence the this title. God, this soundtrack! The songs are, are certainly catchy, and even if you don't like them, they'll be over pretty quick. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know who you are if you don't like them. I'm sure someone doesn't like them. I, I was like, I was like, I was fine with them. There's just one person that's just like... Man, fuck this movie. Man. So, uh, Halloween Town is a fantasy world filled with citizens such as deformed monsters, ghosts, ghouls, goblins, zombies, mummies, vampires, werewolves, and witches. Wow, they really went through the gambit uh, those, on this. Those vampires are also walking around during the day. I call bullshit. With with umbrellas. With umbrellas. All of the daylight shots of them have umbrellas. Yep. And they did. There was one part where the day was breaking, and you know the sun was moving across the scene, and they were like, "Ooh." Yeah. <laughs> yes. Synopsis. Yes. Uh, Jack Skellington, the Pumpkin King and leader of the town, leads them in organizing the annual Halloween celebrations. However. Privately, Jack has grown weary of the same routine year after year and wants something new. Wandering into the woods the morning after Halloween, he stumbles across seven trees containing doors to towns representing various holidays and opens a portal to Christmas Town. What's this, he says, awed by this unfamiliar holiday? That's the theme, actually. What's this? This is one one karaoke song that I feel confident about. He walks into like a stop motion world that's a lot like the the old the Christmas the Rudolph the Red Reindeer. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Awed by this unfamiliar holiday, Jack then returns to Halloween Town to show the residents his finding, but they fail to grasp the idea of Christmas and compare everything to their ideals of Halloween. Jack sequesters himself into his tower to study Christmas and find ways to rationally explain it, but cannot. He ultimately decides it's unfair for Christmas Town alone to enjoy the holiday and announces that he and the citizens of Halloween Town will take over Christmas this year. Anything I've missed thus far since I'm pretty much halfway done with the movie. <laughs> well, I mean, there's Sally. Well, yes, there there is Sally, which, um, so she is, she is a Frankenstein. Ish a, a monster. Yeah, uh, Frankenstein. Um, but like she's like made of skin, but she's full of leaves. Sure. Well, like leaves and cotton batting. Like it's it's because mm. uh, like there's one scene where she falls apart and there's leaves, and it's not clear if we're like that's where she landed, 
Uh, but yeah, I so mean... Sally is uh, kept captive by her creator, her father, Dr. Finkelstein, um, and she poisons him gently to leave the house. <laughs> Killing me softly. Right. But yeah, she does get called a rag doll at one point, uh, which I think is supposed to be what she's more like, but she's like a human rag doll almost. Yeah, and they mention in here she's listed as a beautiful rag doll woman. Ooh. So yeah, that that's a listed description. Um, but yeah, it's just the the shy type of just like I like him, but I'm just gonna slink away at but every opportunity. But he's very popular, and I'm very retiring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jack assigns the citizens of Halloween Town Christmas-themed jobs, including singing carols, making presents, and building a sleigh to be pulled by skeletal reindeer. So there's this group, this this little skeleton band that's got like sort of a, a zoot suit. <laughs> oh like my a, god, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like I always watch movies with subtitles. Uh, and so like he tries to teach them to play a Christmas song. And the subtitle for that is whatever the Christmas song is, played as a dirge. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, good going, subtitle folks. Good going. Sally, a beautiful ragdoll woman that is secretly in love with Jack feels that their efforts will end in disaster, especially considering the fact she had a premonition of just that. She One a, single unexplained premonition. Which didn't even, like, I was just like, this world is zany enough. Like, was that a premonition? I just thought that might have been, like, a thing that happened. It's not explained. This movie moves along so fast. We're now about three quarters of the way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Jack dismisses her and assigns her the task of sewing him a red coat to wear. He also asks tasks Lock, Stock, and Barrel, a trio of mischievous trick-or-treating children, to abduct Santa Claus and bring him back to Halloween Town. Jack tells Santa he will be bringing Christmas to the world in his place this year. This misses the point that they had stolen the Easter Bunny and had to send the Easter Bunny back. <laughs> uh, but yes, tell Santa that they will be bringing Christmas to the world that year. Jack orders the trio to keep Santa safe, but the trio instead delivers Santa to Oogie Boogie, a gambling addict boogeyman. I, I, I don't understand his character. I don't either. Who plots... I've never actually looked up the book and see if he made any sense there. I just... Yeah. Eh, he plots to play a game with Santa's life at stake. Sally attempts to rescue Santa so he can stop Jack, but Oogie captures her as well. I mean, I like the animated sequence Whoa. when it, they go Whoa. into the like voodoo world, like everything's like black light glowing. That was cool. Yeah, the black light scene. Yeah, the UV light stuff is, is really gorgeous, and I really like it. But, like, who is Oogie? What is his history? Why is he antagonist to Jack? Why does Jack not want you to bring him along? Like, well, yeah. All yeah. left unexplained. Well, yeah, yeah, and that's ultimately, like, that's the thing. This movie moves along so quick. And, I mean, it's, it's benefiting the fact that it's, like, said and done just like that. But it leaves so many questions on the table. Almost almost in a way that I think it has helped perpetuate the fandom it has. Because it's just like, there's so many things you don't know. Go ahead and fanfiction it. Bye. Yeah, like there's there's just enough sort of like room left over. Uh, like it's tight enough that you're like, yes, I will follow these beats. Because like I know how rhythm works. Right. Uh, and it's just loose enough for you to be like, no, hold on. I have a question now. <laughs> <laughs> like the movie's over. Like it's got a little bit of fridge logic going on. Everything, everything has a place in the movie, but it's just like the connective tissue is often not there. Yeah. Jack departs to deliver presents to the world, but the Halloween-styled gifts terrify and attack the populace. As concern over Santa's behavior grows, the military takes action to shoot down Jack causing him to crash into a cemetery. As Jack bemoans the disaster he has made at Christmas, he finds he enjoyed the experience nonetheless, reigniting his love of Halloween. Jack returns to Halloween Town and finds Oogie's lair. 
Oogie tries to kill Jack, and Jack pulls apart the thread holding Oogie's cloth form together, revealing a massive pile of bugs that fall into Oogie's cauldron and are killed. Jack apologizes to Santa for his actions, and Santa assures Jack that he can fix things and returns to Christmastown. As Santa replaces the Halloween-style presents with genuine ones, the townspeople of Halloween Town celebrate Jack's return. Santa then visits Halloween Town and brings them a snowfall for the residents to play with. In the graveyard, Jack and Sally declare their love for each other. The end. Fastest summary ever on the Saturday Friends Club for yep. a movie. Yeah, I wanted to give you something to, to end the night on a sweet note. And the, and the movie is just a only literal slightly sweet longer. Note. <laughs> In case, because you guys can't see, Mags winked their eye at me. When you say it like that, it sounds creepy. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't mean for it to sound looked, creepy. Looked over, <laughs> fluttering Mags eyelash. just winked would have been fine. Winked their eye. Like, what? what's wrong with their eye? Gazed. <laughs> Gazed longing, and one of their eyes fluttered in a playful wink. Who gave us coffee? Oh, right, it was us. Gracious. Uh. <laughs> All right. Um, Tim Curry. It's... it's <laughs> It's, um, I mean, it really is one of those things where it's just like, it, it is a, I think it holds up primarily because of how good it looks. It's, it's like, I really do think that like the music and the visuals are what is beautiful and amazing about the, mm-hmm. uh, the character development is almost nothing. Jack barely learns a lesson. Like, you know, at the end he's like, ah, well now I have some new ideas for next Halloween. And you're like, great character growth. Would you apologize to anybody? Did you do anything to make any of that right? Like, are you going to community service? Are you going to like... He saved Santa Claus from... Yeah, I know, but like that's like <laughs> bare minimum cleaning up your bullshit. Right. Yeah, it's like a problem you created. I mean, Sally has almost the Princess Amadala syndrome of like, explain her, but without talking about her <laughs> physical features or like motivations. It's like, ah, it's... she's shy. Oh, shy. Yeah, that's her. Randomly psychic, we think, maybe. She, she like... She like Can fawn- so? She fawns over someone who barely knows who she is from afar. Very healthy. <laughs> Sally's a nice guy? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's what like that. What what I found funny is that I completely forgot Oogie Boogie. Like I had like a non-character. I did not remember. Like I sincerely, if you would have told me before rewatching this, like who is the villain? It's like, I think the mayor's the villain. Because I, I remembered like the switch. Jack head. is sort of the villain. Well, I mean, Jack is Jack is the villain in the sense that he causes the problem to begin with. Yeah, no, it, it felt like because uh, Disney produced this through Touchstone. Um, uh, like it felt like Disney was like, well, we need a villain, and there needs to be an awesome villain song because it's the '90s, and we're still doing this. And they were like, well, okay, I love villain songs. Yeah, so. oh no, no, that's not shade. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, like, like it's, it's an it's excellent the, villain song. It's the era for it. Right, right. They were like, well, this needs to happen. If we're going to make this a thing, this has to happen. These are our rules. Okay. Uh, and then, like, they were like, well, okay, we can do that. And we'll do a really good job. So I don't know if Oogie's in the book, you know? But, I just, like, it's a really great villain song. It's a really great villain moment. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's not connected to anything else. Right. So. It's, it's a weird. I, I, okay, you know what I thought? I think it really is. It, Oogie Boogie is, like, not really a villain in the movie. He feels like this incidental threat. Like, the movie doesn't really have a villain. He's just, like, he feels like he's been kind of propped up to be the villain. But right. not really. He's just, like, they stupidly sent Santa Claus to, like, 
to his lair. Like, oh, I guess we gotta go get him from his lair now. Right, yeah, like, uh, the trick-or-treaters take him there, and I'm not sure what their connection with it. Like, it's clear that they, like, have a connection with Oogie Boogie, and, like, uh, logically sort of, em- or, well, rather emotionally thinking it through, you're like, oh, well, they cause mischief, Oogie Boogie causes mischief, they cause mischief together. That's not ever explicitly explained, right? Mm-hmm. you know? But, like, with the history of Jack telling Lock, Stock, and Barrel to not take him to Oogie Boogie, you'd, like, you know that there's a connection. And so, like, I think there's some really good elements of, like, sort of show-not-tell storytelling, in that yeah. instance, but like, there's also just a lot of stuff that is left unexplained, and like, it leaves it in like, it's not a narratively satisfying um, story. It's like an emotionally satisfying story. and visually, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, like it's fun to watch. It's fun to listen along to when you hear like the first opening chords of like that song you really love, mm-hmm. and you're about to like jump off the couch and just like, just me, just me. Okay. <laughs> well, you you definitely don't need to pay super close attention as you watch this movie. I mean, like, it helps. There's a lot of just gorgeous detail in there, like. Uh, the fountain in the center of Halloween Town is this like amazing like glow in the dark like nuclear green goo and like how it changes from scene to scene and how it's used from scene to scene is like it's just gorgeous to look at. Yeah, the the, uh, the claymation and stop motion is really really is really well done in this. Yeah, yeah that's that's a uh, Selix specialty. Yeah, it's a movie that is held up because of the fact it looks great, it sounds great, and the plot is fast and forgetful and i mean if this was a two-hour movie it would be terrible uh, it would be awful Ugh, like it would yeah. just have dra- it would be the earnest you know of, i was about of, to say this is the bookend you know <laughs> earnest drags and this is like oh we're done yeah yeah it, this one is so fast you're like whoa uh, uh, all right i guess we're i guess we're out of this movie theater now uh, if you'll forgive the pun, like there's just enough of a skeleton that you can project oh. onto it. Oh, oh, wow. ah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Eric has swallowed his tongue. <laughs> well, and what's funny is that th- that this has like spawned other stuff that is so similar to it because we have the Corpse Bride, Frankenweenie. And Coraline, which are all kind of in the same yeah. kind of like spooky, think, slow. Okay, well, Frank and Weenie was a movie then. Okay, so. I mean, t- t- Tim Burton is, I, I think, has been trying to take a stab in this general vicinity for a while to kind of catch lightning in a bottle again. Was Tim Burton even involved in Coraline? I thought that was just Selick. Uh, that might just be Selick. I believe it's, you know, I, I just wanted to say, I didn't mean that it was specifically Tim Burton. Uh, Tim Burton was oh. definitely in Corpse Bride because holy crap. Oh yeah, that was his shit. And it was, it was a, like, it had the sort of bloatedness that, because I remember it came out on my birthday and I was like, oh dude, I love Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, let's go watch Liv's really boring movie. <laughs> That's sad. Uh, let's see. I mean, it's, it's passable. It was fine. But like, it's no Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, and like it suffers from a lot more like dragging and explaining like yeah I don't think that no did did I mean Danny Elfman is a genius <laughs> he's all over the nineties he's everywhere and it's like everything he touches is better for it right yeah. uh, so Coraline only Henry Selick uh, as director and writer with uh, of course he did the screenplay with guess who doing the book Neil Gaiman there you go yeah oh, I yeah. read Coraline before very cool. Uh, let's see, uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas was nominated for an Oscar for Best Effects Visual Effects. I'm curious what it lost to. I'm sure it would be something dumb. <laughs> like, I love watching, like, Titanic. going through those those things and being like, oh, yeah, no, I, oh, this is such a great thing. I, I must have lost to something. No, just terrible. You're right. Just terrible. Yeah, no, the, I mean, Acad- the Academy Awards are pointless and stupid, and it's entirely just this, like, industry horse show. Yeah, and, like, uh, so one of the things in this is, uh, I think that, I don't know if this helped it stay alive for so long, or, like, is, um, 
like flows from the same reason, but like it is one of the most merchandised movies that I've ever seen. I know people who have Jack hoodies. I know people who have Sally hoodies. There's a Munchkin expansion for this. It's in Ugh. Kingdom Hearts. Um, there was a collectible card game. There were two separate video games. I don't know if they're any good. I've never bought them. I didn't need them. Um, there's a Nightmare Before Christmas Jenga set, and it comes in a coffin and has yellow, orange, and purple bricks wow. instead of the normal ones. Um, and they have Jack Skellington's head on the side of them. And, like, it's just, like, the, like, I think the characters have enough sort of basic, like, character that you're, like, that it's really easy to, to identify with them. Moitendizing. <laughs> Dude, like, they have made a, 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 just a bomb of money on this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just so you know, the uh, best effects visual winners for 1994, Nightmare Before Christmas was there alongside of, with Cliffhanger, but did not win versus, who would have guessed, Jurassic Park. Oh. Okay. Well, <laughs> all right. that, I'll give you that. I'll I don't even that. remember Cliffhanger, but like Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park, I guess, was a masterpiece Dude, of Dude, that time. thing was fucking beautiful when it first came out. It was amazing. That first scene when you see the dinosaurs for the first time, mwah, mwah. Oh, yeah. No, it, She's it, kissing dinosaurs it right It still now. holds up really well, so... <laughs> Okay. I'm sorry, I, I had dinosaurs when I was a kid, so you, you know win I'm not going to... this round gonna... Academy Awards. <laughs> yes, this time you were right. This one time. This one time, but yeah. we're watching you. Yes, and the, pretty much it looked like that that entire, uh, that entire Academy Award was, it's going to Jurassic Park or Schindler's List. Take your pick. Ooh, yeah, I can Ooh. see that. Yep. Schindler's <laughs> Is it, do you... List had special effects? No, it's not no. the special effects, just the regular like best acting, oh, best picture, okay. the other stuff. Yeah, um, an additional note, the, uh, the figure... Used for Captain, or uh, they used for Jack in uh, um, Nightmare Before Christmas was saved and used in James and Night Peach, and that's the same figurine for Captain Jack. Oh God, that's why that movie that's just why looks it so, looks so similar. similar because it's it's like hmm. that, that same mean, same director and like he's yeah. like his stop motion animation is like iconic. So wait, was James and the Giant Peach after the yes. Nightmare Before Christmas? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. wow, okay. Yeah. I, I, I remember I, watching that uh, as we read the book. I was barely alive when Nightmare Before Christmas came out. I remember seeing James the Giant Peach as a kid in theaters. So that one's also good. Yeah. yeah. I always it always James and the Giant Peach. I don't know why, but it always just kind of like seeded me a little bit. Was it because of the bugs? I mean, Not I think really. it's supposed to. Like, it's a kind of deliberately it's like dark, quietly ugly movie. Like, where Nightmare Before Christmas was dark but playful, there's always something like unsettling about James and the Giant Peach, and I don't entirely know The, the book know is why. a lot less unsettling. Hmm. Yeah, I think like the movie plays up a lot more that sort of like... It, it and this might be just my remembrance and like the internet's way of like making everything dark these <laughs> days uh, with grimdark inter- interpretations of your favorite fluffy cotton candy uh, childhood myths. But like I remember that like James, like it played up the isolation and the sort of like very British isolation uh, and like parental abuse, I want to yeah, say. The terrible ants. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that he was orphaned and like that was a big, I remember it being like emotionally kind of ugly and hard to swallow as a kid. Yeah. Hmm. But not Nightmare Before Christmas. No, Nightmare Before Christmas. It didn't really deal with any dark themes. Just like, they're the Halloween creatures and they live in it's Halloween It's also like land. the laziest story of cultural appropriation that I know. Yeah, I mean, Jack is just having his own personal crisis. Right. So. Yeah. And then drags everyone else into said crisis. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was actually surprised at just like how it just like, hi, we're going to do this thing. The entire town's like, oh, no, but all right, it's Jack's doing it. And then just like, oh, no, all right, never mind, we're good. Like, We've all learned our lesson. <laughs> oh, it's like that uh, It's like that whitest kids you know skit. I think we all learned something yeah. really important today. 
What did hmm. we learn today? Hmm. <laughs> what, did, what did we learn today, Saturday Friends Club? Uh, you can still be considered a classic if you have good music and art design. Yeah, and, and not any, much else. And, not, and <laughs> no more than like an 80-minute runtime. Yeah, no, I, I think, like like you said, like if this movie had been at all bloated, like if there had been anything that wasn't perfectly lean about it, like it would be in just... It's a movie I think would have would have died literally <laughs> if it, it st- ever stopped moving. Ah, yeah. Mm. It so if it had it would have put it in the grave. It Dead would've. in the water. <laughs> a mere skeleton of what it could have been. <laughs> <laughs> it would have dug its own grave. A corpse hung out to rot. <laughs> Come on, we. I'm could... in a ghost of an idea. There you go. Hey, sorry, you guys were just moving so fast. Come on, we got to workshop this. We got to improv. Yeah. Stay quick. Give me a nightmare for Christmas. Yes, and. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else? Any last calls on uh, on Nightmare it's, Before Christmas? It's hard to wax like too much or like are enough of this movie because it's like it, like I think we've gone over it. It's like yeah, that's what's in the movie. It looks great. Music's pretty good. Uh, the plot is minimal. Yeah, like, and it's not bad minimal. Like, no. it's like this is serviceable. This is a uh, skeleton upon which to hang all of the beautiful things. <laughs> it does everything it needs to do, I think. God damn it. It's just everything's there. Might as well. It's got good bones. <laughs> you can't see the finger the, guns. The, the, there are finger guns. <laughs> just, just like... The... Yeah, I mean, like, there's a real, like, the, the, the plot is completely serviceable, but, like, the, the things that, like... I think are like the easiest to emotionally resonate with like at first glance are incredibly easy to emotionally resonate. Like the characters move so incredibly expressively. Uh, like Jack is so limber for being so lo- <laughs> so long legged any literal skeleton. Like he's uh, it's, like it's amazing to watch. We we haven't really touched that much on the music. I mean, we know that we know that the music is super good, but is there is there any like standouts? What's this is maybe my favorite song, and like on days that I am feeling just like really, just like nothing is good, and like I'm finding it hard to feel like happy or wonder about anything. Like in and like if I come across that song, like it is much easier to like look at things and be like, dude, yeah, like this is amazing. Mm. It may be something I see every day or whatever, but like to somebody else, like it gives me like that fresh perspective. And and this is Halloween Town. It's just great to like start singing with people and mm-hmm. then watch them pick out their parts. If it, I liked how snappy that song was. Da, 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 da. Well, yeah. I think I think the intro though. This is Halloween is probably my favorite. But um, what Marilyn is Marilyn Manson does a really good cover on that on the album reissue. <laughs> yes. Oh really? Yeah. Yes. Oh, and then... I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look that the fuck. Up. <laughs> Amy Lee from Evanescence, Sally. Yeah. yeah. And there was a second reissue where Amy. That's I think that's the one where Amy Lee is on. Uh, Panic at the Disco. Does do they also do Halloween Town or do they do What's This? Uh, I don't remember what's oh, Halloween okay. do. And then Fall Out Boy does another cover on that album too, and it's it's pretty pretty sharp. And speaking of hot topic, <laughs> right? I know. I can't, like, it's yeah, very of its time. But those bands have stood the test of time. They are still out there putting. Yeah. I know. I did in high school. I did not think that Fall Out Boy with a band that I didn't like and then would come to like. They I did. know. That's what I said. Because at first I was like, what the fuck? And then later on they came out with some better shit. But now there's their latest album. I'm really disappointed. Boo. So Panic at the Disco did This Is Halloween. Okay. Yeah. And the I Fall like Boy Panic did. Oh, well, I have to search for that. Oh, I thought you were just looking at the album list. Um, um, but yeah, I think my favorite song is I really like Jack's Lament. I think that oh, one's a really good. It's really good. It's 
beautiful and <laughs> Danny Elfman does a good job singing that part. Um, Any song that mentions Kentucky is already <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's so out, hard to rhyme. Calls out right. Kentuckians by name. Yeah. And uh, of course, I love the Oogie Boogie song. It's just so, snazzy. I don't know, it's just so snazzy. Yeah, it's just very snazzy. Uh, so yes, it was, uh, they did do What's This. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'm pulling it up right now. Overture by D. Vochka, opening Danny Elfman. This is Halloween, Marilyn Manson, Jack's Lament, All American Rejects. Uh, what's God, that's this? That's a band I haven't heard from. Flyleaf. They just put out an EP like six months ago. Oh, did they? Kid- like time is coming back again. Kidnap the Sandy Claws by Corn. <laughs> I think yeah, Corn yeah. would do that one. Can we get disturbed in here there's, too? There's another Kidnap the Sandy Claws by like this German electric band on the first one, and like it is weird, but it works really, really well. Uh, let's see, Making Christmas Rise Against, Nabbed by the Osita Brothers, which is a group that I really liked back then. Uh, Poor Jack of I. Plain White Tees. Wow, Plain White Tees. Mm. That used to be our song. I know. How cute. Uh, (laughs) 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 Good good white music for white white people. (laughs) No, it was Hey There Deluxe. I know. Nice white music for white people. White white Soft white guitar music. Well, it was more the words I than know. the song. I think, yeah, I, well, I mean, I think the, the whitest band in the universe is They Might Be Giants, but... Yeah. Ah, but... I, I love them. I don't know, The Proclaimers is up there. Mm. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Now, last call. That is cool. All right. Cool. Go with that. I'll, I'll give it a, I'll give it a, like, medium a yes recommendation. Yeah. It's a yes. You should, well, if you've never seen it, you should see it. I consider that a classic when I was a kid, and I think it will always be a classic. And, you know, if you end up really liking it, you don't have to worry about buying merchandise for it because it'll be there. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I really like this movie. brings me a lot of joy to watch. Like, uh, it's been uh, a rough year, you may have noticed. Huh? Uh, uh, so, like, just to sit down and watch something that wasn't, like, grimdark or gritty or, like, talking about, like, deep, moving political themes that, like, we do need to be talking about, like, whatever, I get it. But, like, also sometimes, like, just to take a break and watch something that makes you happy. This movie right. makes me happy mm-hmm. in, like, a very just, like, deep, simple, exciting way. Well, and it was... That's why this movie was also released same time Schindler's List. <laughs> get that... Wow. You get that, like, you can you can take it, take a break. <laughs> take it. It's important sometimes. I will sum up merely with, it's got a good spirit. And with that, the Saturday Aww. Friends Club. Mm, <laughs> we quit, all of us. C minus, see me after class. <laughs> uh, you can find the Saturday Friends Club over at sapfriendsclub.com where the podcast that is located. That joke didn't even have a ghost of a chance. Aww. Aww. Zing. You're making me rattle my chains over here. <laughs> you want to add in, Eric? That grills my Chilean sea bass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, we'll take okay. it. Okay. <laughs> And, uh, I didn't realize we were doing Finding Nemo. Uh, and uh, satfriendsclub.com is mentioned. We're over at Twitter at satfriendsclub. Uh, and also we're over at Patreon at patreon.com slash satfriendsclub. If you f- like the show enough and you want to just help us out, produce the content, get us gear, uh, and, you know, get us to the point that we're uh, we're able to, like, do some nice stuff and find some more friends and, and reach out to neat more neat people. And you can, you can always message across to us on the email or whatever to say hi or exactly suggestions. Pull a second layer to the clubhouse to add more people. Yes, you know. We'll we'll put the pizza throwing arm on the second level. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No. In earnest, yeah. The dog, the dog food launcher. 
Uh, all right. Well, that'll take care of us for this week for the Saturday Friends Club. Uh, we uh, This is the last of the third, so we don't this know what's is... coming up. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, this, no, this is Halloween. This is part of our spooky series episode. Yeah. Or it was an episode part of our spooky series. Yep, and we might have more spooks because we're not done with October yet, but we have to figure out how everything lands. Till then, sleep well, everyone. Ooh. <laughs>